You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are blown to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Bryn here for Nerd to Know Media on uh, Phoenix 92.5 FM, streaming across YouTube, Twitch, and a whole other bunch of uh, services. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, how's everybody? Introduce yourself, guys. Hey, guys. Start. Oh, is it me next? 80 or next. <laughs> 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 Apparently, she needs no introduction. It's Mannequin Blue. Katie. Katie. And I'm Kev. Hi, Kev. So, how's everyone's week been? Yeah, good. Good. Busy. Busy. Good. Uh, good. Yeah. It has I, been. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm late to the boat. I'm late to the train on this one. I finished Doom Eternal today. <laughs> guys, know, guys, Doom is good. <laughs> uh, you notice how the Doom is good. The Doom, doom is, is great. We sweat our will as of this day. <laughs> the sad part about Doom Eternal, right? I bought it when it came out. I got the collector's edition, and it's sitting in a box. I have no Just time. Time. I have no uh, time. You know what, right? I, I, I it's annoying. Everyone goes, "Oh, I'm doing so much." You know, during the lockdown, I'm like, "I'm working, lads." Like, it's, I don't get time. <laughs> I've never been busier. So yeah. yeah, I although I did discover. Speaking of a Bethesda game, I did discover Prey finally. Prey is mm. like System Shock that I never knew existed. It's fantastic. So, is the, yeah, that's not the one where the monster is like drawers and stuff, is it? Yeah, it's that little yeah, it black exactly goop thing that turns into just mundane objects. Yeah, 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 it's like this bl- black goop that like attacks you, but it turns into like a chair, and you have to start hitting the chair with a wrench. It's really <laughs> fun. It's actually really good. And I, I, for, for for some reason, I just completely missed it until recently. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Most peep. I like. I heard about it just in passing. Mm. And like it was, at a Bethesda conference, but like a lot of people, it flew under a lot of people's radars. It was a bit of a sleeper success story because it's been one of those games that like has slowly but surely gained traction. Like I remember seeing outside Xbox do a thing with it before, and that was like literally the only time I'd seen anything about it. Like it's definitely, it's one of those games where I think. It, it's one of those games where it seems really devices, divisive. People either really love it or they really, really hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people hate it because they think the stealth in it is terrible. It um, is. Well, how do you be stealthy uh, when you're hiding from a chair? That's true. 
This is it. When I first started playing it, because obviously, you know, it does have a big kind of Stanley Parable-esque twist open, you know? Mm. And then you kind of get oh, into the, the game. Stanley Parable. Yeah, it feels oh, really... Stanley. <laughs> it feels really like a Stanley Parable. And then it kind of gets into the game and you're like, whoa, this is like really Bioshocky. And then it goes, mm. whoa, this is really system shocky. Mm. And yeah, I would say, look, if you haven't played it, I'm about, about three hours in. Um, I've really enjoyed it. So I would say, look, if you're a fan of any of those games, definitely pick it up. I got it for like 10 euros, I think. On Oh, it's, it's been on sale a lot. On sale. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's really cheap. I would say pick that one up. It's great. Like I haven't played Doom Eternal yet. Um, Kev, I'll give you the floor to gush on Doom Eternal. <laughs> it's so... Um, <laughs> like it just, it's so... I, like, I find it's hard to find the words. It's just so fluid. It's so fast. It's so fun. Brutal as all be damned. Yeah. Like that's all, all the back. Like, it is exactly the sort of cathartic, like, uber-violence that I needed after playing The Last of Us trying to have dramatic uber-violence. And I'm like... <laughs> See, that, that was your first mistake. You shouldn't have played Last of Us too. That game is not fun. Not during the pandemic. I yeah, felt, it's the worst time possible. <laughs> I felt it was my journalistic duty <laughs> as a Sony fanboy to give it a shot. I have thoughts on that, but that's for another day. Uh, but yeah, like just Doom. Doom is like like where the Last of Us kind of like dwelled on me, like oh you slit this guy's throat and you know you got to deal with the consequences of that. No, Doom guys just pushing orifices of one monster into the orifice of another monster. <laughs> so one of the glory kills, he just smashes zombie's head into his thing and he goes like this. <laughs> it's, oh. <laughs> it's great, and all the while just with this like crushing death metal soundtrack that Mick uh, Mick Thompson is it Mick Thompson or Mick Gordon. One Slipknot's guitar player yeah. and the other is the, the, other is the yeah, composer no, for the Doom soundtrack. Uh, Mick, Mick Gordon, who also has a soundtrack for pretty much everything Bethesda. He does a really mm. good soundtrack for Prey as well, actually. It's like really oh, yeah. atmospheric and like, while Doom is very metal, this is very pulsating. It's it's great. Like, he's a phenomenal composer. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's so much fun to play. Uh, like, it's actually, it's it's not even that long. I've had it for a couple of weeks, but like, it's only about 15 odd hours long. When you're actually playing, I still, which is I, I still haven't great. got a chance. I still haven't got a chance to finish the forest one, which to my shame. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as that because, like, I am um, because I've got games on PC, PS4, and Switch, and it's on the Switch. I just keep hopping between different platforms, going, "I'll yeah. play this for a bit," and then I stop playing altogether. So, like, like it's it, like uh, that's why you know, even though I have a lot of PC games. If I want to sit down and play it, it's going to be a PS4 purely because I actually have trained myself to be like, no, this is when you stop doing things and you play the game on the PS4. Because if you're anything else, you're kind of like, oh, I'll watch this or I'll work on this or something. And it's, then you it's just, that you know, separation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like it's, it's why I never got into playing PC games. It's because like, well, no, this isn't this isn't where I play games. This is this is where I do everything else. That's fair. That makes perfect this not, sense. This isn't the game box. Yeah, that makes, exactly. I, yeah, I, yeah, gen- yeah. I genuinely forgot that you could play games on computers until a few years ago. <laughs> Where I was like, "Oh yeah, you can but, play games on this." This but is does great. Steam not constantly remind you every time it updates, every time you open yeah, your computer? You see, I, no, I, you knocked that I, off. You knocked that. I'm, you knocked that I'm talking about. Off. I'm talking about my life pre-Steam. It didn't. <laughs> oh, fair. You know, like th- this was a whole other world because just purely because one of my friends went like. Oh, do you want a, uh, do you want a loan of uh, my copy of Mass Effect? And I was like, uh, well, I don't already have a game console. It's like, oh no, it's for PC. And I'm like, oh yeah, you can play games on PC. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's weird, all right, because um, 
obviously last week, what, two or three weeks ago, I was talking about the Mac I got. Mm. And I had to go in and get the battery repaired, right? And then it's like, oh, the hard drive is like 64 gigs or something. And I'm like, oh, man, that's that's nothing, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, this is a Mac. I don't need a big hard drive because you can't game on this. I don't like, well, 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 you wouldn't anyway. Like, I, I used yeah. to boot Linux off it, but, you know, you pop in a thumb drive and you can do stuff off it that way. And, like, you can have a 128 gig SD mm. card in it, you know? And it's just weird. For the first time owning a computer, I'm like, in a long time, where I'm in the boat going, oh, yeah, I can't actually play games on this. But that's okay. Because, you know, you know, it's... That's it. And, and then you're liberating. Yeah, it's and then, it is very liberating. You're like, yeah. oh, I don't have to install Deus Ex on this. Yeah. And then, and then there you'll find that Deus Ex runs natively on Linux. And... Why do you tell me this? Why do you tell yeah. me this? Because you're a bad man. Because you're a bad man. I, <laughs> I, I need you to experience the pain of Linux gaming. So, no, I wouldn't. That's why I wouldn't do it. I just put but, Windows on it. Like, so like, there's a couple of things on that. Because, um, like, uh, there's a net, like, Steam have their own compatibility layer for um for windows games basically what a compatibility layer so like it tricks the uh, it tricks the operating system into thinking it's a different operating system mm. so like um the, trying to think of a, of a way to say this like it'd be it'd be like a tricking one car it'd be like tricking a fiat into thinking it's a mercedes yeah that kind of a thing and um basically what uh, uh basically what they've said because they've set this up themselves it's opened up the floodgates of what is possible to be played on uh, Linux. And then there's things like uh, Lutris as well, which have really pushed that even further, especially with newer games that are using uh, Vulkan instead of OpenGL because Vulkan is open source. Um, it's got more driver support for um, for graphics card, especially from AMD. Mm. So all that stuff makes uh, gaming on Linux easier now than it's ever been. And boy, oh boy, if you knew what, what gaming on Linux was like a few years ago, you knew pain. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you dual boot if you have a, a Linux machine. So or you can play games. buy a Switch. <laughs> or a Switch, or uh, as, as we said, Gamebox. Because yep. Gamebox, does the, Gamebox, Gamebox might not be so powerful, but at least yep. it tries and it does the best it can do. Yeah, and it's not as like um, backwards compatible and stuff either. But yeah. Ah, look, it's fine. Yeah. You know, to be fair, uh, for a while, up until I actually got level fifty on um, Star Wars Battlefront Two, it's the mm. only thing I was playing was Star Wars Battlefront Two. Just sit there and just hour, like in the, the hour two I'd have free, I'd play it. Now I hit level fifty, and I'm like, oh no, what do I do now? <laughs> this is like, what do I do now? This is the end. I've literally done everything in this game, so I'm like, oh no. So. I suppose it's good because Star Wars Rebels is coming up soon, or uh, Rebel Squadron, or something like that. Squadrons, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Rebels yeah, I think Rebel Squadrons. And it's like, oh, so that game's gonna be taken off support soon. So yeah, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, then you just boot up a ROM of Nice The Republic Two and just dive in that hole. In oh no, theory. I do. Oh, well, well, you can get it on Steam and GOG, but I wish they would actually port that to the PS4 because the only thing that I do play a lot is on the original Xbox. Because again, it's connected up to the TV that's behind me. So that TV is like unwind mode. You know, it's not like if I had it one of these monitors. I'm like, oh, I'll just check up on something. And then you, you go down that rubber hole and your gaming session is just ruined by something else. You know, Facebook has ruined gaming. It's one thing I will say. Where it's like, you're trying to game something, you get a notification and you're like looking at your phone. You're like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> then you feel guilty. Yet another you, reason to leave. No, I just ignore people. 
Sarah, I can't do that. I feel bad. Like, I'm, so. I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, you got to find something that just made that just takes so much of your attention that you don't even notice your phone going off. And yeah. then when you look next, it's dark outside. And you just oh, you yeah. put the phone on silent. You put it face down. <laughs> You're busy. You got stuff fair. to do. That's fair. That's fair. I have but to the, say, the, Hyrule, the, man. This is the this is the joy of something like Doom because you just do get into a mindset of going, but one more glory kill will make me feel happy. Um, especially God, especially a turtle. It's it's shifted a little bit from just a standard kind of first person shooter into a bit more of a hotline Miami way of playing, where it's just about how to clear out a room as efficiency as possible. Oh so, yes. Like Mon- and, and on top of that, they've added in like a whole bunch of uh uh, traversal mechanics like you automatically just have a double jump a, like a bar swing and a wall climb and it's like you're just ducking your way from you're just bouncing your way from wall to wall just chucking everything you have at a demon's face it's oh, incredible months so much chimes in with uh, turn off notifications on messenger it saved my life so <laughs> just, it's like yeah just the whole right. conversation just mute it yeah just mute it yeah, yeah, especially if it's group chat <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like, well, our group chat. Our group chat is ridiculous at some point where I, you know, you, you turn away and then you're like seventy five messages. You're like, what happened? And it's just, you know, usually about garbage or something. Poor Keen, he gets scarred every time. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he's offline for like two or three hours and comes back. He's like seventy two messages. What happened? And you're like, oh, we got into a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we forgot how it ended. <laughs> we forgot how we got here and we're not sorry about it <laughs> that song doesn't usually last three hours <laughs> I, I think I'm a bad the millennial Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly I think I'm a bad millennial I'm so confused by group chats in general that's fair um, mm. it, I think it depends on the group chat I've been part of some bad ones and some good ones but, I, think, uh, I think group chat it's not really a millennial thing anyway it's more of a whatever is the generation after us Generation Zoomer, Zoomers. No, are they Zoomers? Yeah, I think that's yeah. more of a Zoomer thing. Like we didn't, we had Bebo, and you know, it was all awkward and clunky, mm. and now everything's streamlined, and you can fit everybody in it, and it's weird. Like I don't know, I, I, Bebo, I didn't really like that much. Generation Z and Zoomers, yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. the one. Um, yeah, it's like I didn't really like Bebo. I'll be honest with you. Um, I did like MySpace though. MySpace, is pretty I good. love MySpace. MySpace is great. Also, yeah. the first time you ever like looked at like code or like that, even though it was just HTML, mm. like you could actually like change the website, and that was pretty cool. You know, I thought that was great to be able to like know how to do it. Um, you could embed videos in yeah, your, your page. That was class. That was great. There was some really cool stuff you could really do, and I think you know, moving away. I remember how Facebook was sold to me. It was like, oh, it's like MySpace and Bebo with MNS Messenger in it. I'm like, oh, actually, that's pretty cool. You know, but think about it. Tom gave us everything for free. Yeah. And didn't charge us and didn't steal our data. And, we and he was our, our first friend. And he was our first friend, yeah. you know, and we, and, we and turned really, our back on him. Yeah. We turned and our re, back and, on him. But to be fair, though, Tom will always be our friend. Your life could go to, t- could go to hell. You could lose contact with everyone. But Tom will still be there somewhere, you know? somewhere. Exactly. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I hope you're listening. Tom was time. never my friend. <laughs> MySpace uh, was before. MySpace was before my time, guys. Well, here's yeah. another thing about MySpace as well, right? Um, it, it it like existed as well, where you could like upload music onto it. So a lot of bands were there. Yeah. 
Um, well, it said like a proto sandplant, like. Oh, it kind of was, but then it, ha- it ha- now has a second life as that kind of thing. Like it's a it's a music social media, and mm. I'm just like, yeah, Facebook is more slick and more refined. But I think MySpace had that kind of charm to it that like Bebo never reached. Bebo was just kind of like a weird in between. Yeah. Um. I, you know. I think th- I think as well though, like MySpace, because like with MySpace as well, you could do blogs and stuff like that. So it's yeah. like this. It's kind of like a weird precursor to what SoundCloud and to what Tumblr would be in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, that's um, true, Because, like, I mean, a lot of the customizability stuff that you could do with um, that you could do with your profile page, that a lot of that stuff got uh, was uh, available with uh, Tumblr. Mm. So, uh, thankfully, I was never on Tumblr because, uh, you know, I- Tumblr is a scary place. Yeah, that was it. Tumblr and, uh, could be a scary place. <laughs> yeah, any experience that I've seen with Tumblr, it was a bad, a bad, bad, bad place. You know, it just it always like, seemed like a scary place. It's like 4chan light. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least with 4chan, you know what you're getting into. But with Tumblr, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, look at My Little Pony or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, what's this? And then you, and then you see the cum jar and you're like, what is this? Uh, I mean, this, you can, know? Th- this is something that happens with a lot of places online where... You know, you stumble down the wrong subreddit and you're going to have pain, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, to hear people felt dangerous it's, sometimes. I remember being approached by many middle-aged men, Monster Mutt, trying that in. Yeah. I don't know, fair. Like, Bebo just seemed dangerous. It was just, it, I'm glad it was kind of well, a flash in the pan. Mm. Yeah, that's very fair. I know. But look, you know what they say? Not, the, the internet, well, everyone on the internet is is uh, a man and, or a man or a cop. Know what they say. I know I am. <laughs> like, there's no women on the internet. Everyone's a man or a cop. That's just the way it is. Uh, or a cat. Or a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or okay. a dog pretending to be a cat, pretending to be a cop. It's just many, many layers. Many, many layers. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look, we're going to do this piece of news anyway because you know Keen's not here, and we we specifically put this in here for him. Uh, and now he gets to listen to it. He gets to li- exactly, exactly. He gets to listen to it was reported poorly. Exactly. <laughs> so Christopher Eccleson, who was the first Doctor Who on the return of the show, and uh, he's the grumpy one, and he hates the last the, one, and he hates the show, and he, he spent many years railing it, saying it's the worst thing he's ever done, and then it moved to him being a tortue was the worst thing he ever, he ever did, yeah. and now he's back apparently, but he's back in an audio drama, and that feels really cheap. So, uh, Katie, <laughs> you're gonna st- you're you're playing the role of Kane here. And you're going to tell me why he's the best and why this is good. Well, I don't know why Keen thinks he's the best, but I personally loved Christopher Eccleston as the doctor because he didn't take himself seriously and he was always making fun of himself and he was just great. And actually, I, I stand in the camp of really like an excellent doctor as well. Yeah, <laughs> he's brilliant. I, I, think, I, I think Matt Smith's the best one, but you know. How dare you? It's true. What can I say? Yeah, I like, what I really liked about Eccleston, especially kind of like looking back on the series, he really captured that feeling of, oh yeah, this guy just came out of a war. Yeah. He yeah, still had it, he yeah. still had that kind of Dr. Flair, that kind of that oddball charm. But like this was a dude that was deeply scarred. But like He's it was even stuff. it was even the point because like the older Doctor Who's, they were always kind of older guys. Yeah. And he was one of the first, because they'd revitalized it, he was one of the first young doctors and they were trying to sell him as a sex symbol and that, you know, he had the female companion and it was like, will they, won't they? But every yeah. time they almost did, he'd be like, look at me, I'm goofy looking, you know? 
<laughs> I know, like, it, it, only, it not only kind of comes into stark contrast when they cast David Tennant, who's younger and hotter. <laughs> but I, I think, like the you know, if it wasn't for him, the show wouldn't have kind of taken off again. You know, I think that's what people seem to forget. You know, it's like oh, for sure. Like I, and that's one thing that even when I was over in the 50th anniversary thing over in London a couple of years ago. They kind of made a big deal out of that where it's like, look, you know, if it wasn't for this series, you wouldn't have had um, the David Tennant one, which obviously made the whole thing kind of explode, you know? Um, what's it? Most of the Christopher X's attitude to Doctor Who reminds me of Robert Pattinson's attitude to, uh, to Twilight. I did it, but I'm not proud. Robert Pattinson's attitude to anything. God yep. bless him. Uh, he's, a, he's a gem. <laughs> he's given out about Batman now. Yep. Of course he is. <laughs> the only thing I think he'll ever like that he did at the lighthouse. But like, how is it that you get to be Batman and all you do is complain? Well, you know, if you have to pretend that you didn't, that you're not working on Batman while also working with Christopher Nolan, I think that's going to make someone have issues. Yeah. Well, no, so. but I, I think it was more a case of they needed him to bulk up to fit in the suit and he flat out refused. <laughs> He's just like, nope, not doing it. That's my guy. Bless him. <laughs> no. No, you see, you live your life, Rob. <laughs> No nah, man, that, that see, so he's not Batman. He's Soy Boy Man. Yeah, you know, it's like Soy Boy Man. It's like with Batman, you want someone who you want. Like to be fair, Ben Ben Affleck is the most accurate comic Batman ever because it's like, yeah, he'd kill you, and it's just like you know, yeah. he'd flat out smash your face. Yeah. Up, you know, and like, still he could it. kill you, yeah, but he like, won't. But ben but, but, well, he does. He, <laughs> he yeah. does. He kills enough people in in. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, to Batman. be fair, I mean, how many Batman films have there been where he hasn't killed someone? Yeah, that's fair. But like Ben Affleck you know? for me is probably, I say this with a pinch of salt, but he's probably the only actor to play Batman that was a good Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah well, that's totally actually, fair. actually, you know who does it better than him? Michael Keaton. Keaton's a really good. Uh, Keaton's such a good Bruce Wayne. It helps him be Batman. Yeah, because but the he's the only is, Bruce Wayne that you would look at and you go, "There's no way he's Batman on sight." Like, are they bringing but, him back? Isn't he going to be Batman? They are. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, all right. So the reason why I say he is is because Bruce Wayne has a lot of trauma to him. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of damage there. And when you look at uh, Michael Keaton, you're like, yeah, you know, well, probably. But then there's when he's in the suit, he does really Batman things. Like mm. literally, he just punches someone, and goes, "You're going to jail," you know. And you're like, "All right, that's a Batman thing." But even certain things, there's a bit in Batman and Robin, no, not Batman, and Robin, uh, Batman and Returns, when he's a uh, you know a penguin fires a rocket at him, and he's in his boat, and then it just misses him. He's like, he looks back and he's like, "Jesus, yeah, that probably nearly hit me." And you're like, "That's the most <laughs> Batman thing ever," where it's just like, "Yeah, you know, he is dealing oh, with some magic." Oh, this is real. Okay. This is real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see him play Batman the way he played Birdman. Yeah, well, that's yeah. kind of what they're doing. So the plan, the plan with uh, Christopher, with with, uh, not, with um, Michael Keaton, is to bring him back as the Samuel Jackson kind of character, where he's like the leader of a team of different like universe jumping superheroes. So you know, basically, it, it could be like a Batman Beyond kind of situation. That's eventually yeah. what it's got. That's eventually what it's going to be. But that's part of it. Like this is this part. This is a whole series wide thing because. Okay, so on one thing, once the more, I feel like Christopher Eccleston was just an appetizer, an appetizer for the main course that was David Tennant. Oh, how dare you! Well, there you go. Controversial. Controversial. Oh, how dare you! That looked like it wounded you, Katie. Yeah. How could you say <laughs> something like so controversial you. yet and so brave? Uh, exactly, exactly. He is a well done sirloin steak. 
two David Tennant's fine chicken tenders. <laughs> Both are good. At the same time, maybe a bit much. Well, okay. So, so here's the plan with the DC thing, right? And actually, we I have some news on DC that's kind of groundbreaking. But so the plan is. It's going to start with Flash, right? So Flash is going to be... It's going to open up the multiverse kind of thing. Which means Please tell me they're doing Flashpoint, sorry. They are, doing, they are doing Flashpoint, they are. But not only are they doing Flashpoint, but they're using it as a launch pad for their multiverse. So what that means is everything that has happened has happened, right? And they're bringing back Mike Keaton just after Batman Returns. So that means we're going to catch up with him after Batman Returns which is the universe that Batman Beyond is going to be based in. But before yeah. they get there, which is probably going to be a TV series, um, they're going to do a series of movies where he is like the anchor point of everything. So it sounds like this was the way to actually fix the DCEU. So fair play. And I'm excited because I think that will work. If they're doing Flashpoint, we need Flashpoint Joker. We need that. Well, I yeah. Mean- well, yeah, have, well, Thomas and Martha Wayne. Here's the thing: they haven't said Thomas Wayne yet. Everybody was expecting uh, Dean Morgan, exactly, to play him. Um, they haven't said that yet, but I would say that they're totally going to do that. But again, if this is a this is a multi series kind of thing, I, I, I wouldn't know, be shocked I'm, if we got a spin off. I'm hesitant with them starting with Flashpoint because it just like it's it, what it sounds to me. It's just like okay, what's the uh, what what's what's the biggest DC story that everyone actually knows and likes? Uh, just grab that one. Whereas, no, in like, Kev, where instead, Kev, I know, I know, I understand that it's like it's it's setting off a convergence point of like introducing a multiverse thing, but as a as like a starting point, it seems kind of we're just throwing this at a wall. Well, no, see- Kev, Kev well, oh, sorry, go freedom. What happened was they realized they messed up, and there's no way to fix the continuity. Yeah. So they're just like, look, it all happened, and that's why they're doing it. Honestly, that's why they're doing it. Sorry, well, as, well, as well as that, like Flashpoint itself was never a strong enough story to carry DC, no. but it opens the doors for everything else. Exactly. And that's what they need to do, because the thing about it is they tried the Marvel approach and that failed epically. Um, oh, so now they, like, they, tried, they did a hackneyed Marvel approach and it yeah. failed epically. They basically did, well, we'll do two films and then do the Avengers film and see how that I, works out. I have to say, though, I'm really excited for this Snyder Cut, guys. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> it looks great honestly no it looks I'm so, I'm so excited I wasn't on board until I started seeing some of the concept art and the the screen tests and the trailer and I'm like this could be really good so you know I don't know I, I, I like Snack Snyder I think he tries really hard so you know <laughs> that's all anyone can so that's Ed all Wood can. didn't mean his films were good so. yeah but we remember Ed Wood He's we're still talking about Ed Wood storyboard artist <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I agree with Katie. Marta Wayne was a terrifying Joker. Yes, she was mm. terrifying. And she's only hinted at in the in the cartoon version of Flashpoint. You never yes, actually see never her, and we need Martha Wayne Joker. But see, what, what's cool about this multiverse thing is it means that they don't really need to kind of worry too much about set, like they did it with uh, Crisis. Well, Crisis wasn't really that good. They have kind of tied a lot of these loose ends up, so they have actually set it up now where you can just be like all right, cool. You can just pop in here and say, hey, you know, which is probably what Marvel's going to do now with uh, Doctor Strange 2 mm. as well and the whole Wanda and Wanda Vision series. Um, so look, we're in for some wild times, guys. I think it's just we're so deep into the comic thing now that the whole concept of a multiverse doesn't terrify people anymore. So It can never see. be worse than Endgame. Time travel was a cop-out. 
Oh yeah, like time travel is always a cop out. Yeah. <laughs> always is a cop out. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, when a wizard does it, and it uh, was the reason why something happened in the fantasy in the video film. Game. You just go, yeah, uh, the wizard did it. So here's the thing. So here's the rest of the news about the DC, right? So DC comics looks like it's done, right? They laid off pretty much all their artists, and DC as a thing is pretty much finished. So they haven't said, hey, we're going to... And this happened yesterday. They just laid off all their artists, basically, mm. and their designers. And, stuff. and this has got to do with the new merger, um, where they're like, hey, we're going to cut this off. So while they're not... Se- so the big question is, what happens now? Is DC going to just stop making comics? No. What the, according to the internal stuff, it looks like they're going to make one final go to kind of make this profitable and then probably sell off the properties or not sell them off, but lease them out. We're not talking Marvel because they're bought by Warner Brothers. They're owned by Warner Brothers. But we are talking, you know, we're going to see a lot less comics. And the reason for this is, one, uh, the pandemic um, has pretty much killed, like, stores as such. Everything. Um, everything, yeah. Uh, but this was basically, this was coming for a while. Um, even with the digitalization of everything, they also had mm. their own streaming service, which is not very good. And, uh Yeah. Like that's yeah, but when, that's where when, we are. One of the big problems as well with the streaming service is that like HBO Max has all that stuff as well anyway. Yeah. So what they've and like what they've done effectively is that they've made it so that anyone who could use that streaming service just for DC shows is basically wasting their money. Yeah. Because they can get that on HBO Max and you just. But like, dude, as it's I said, like, I there was a time when I spent thirty euro a week on comics, mm. right? And then I went down to just spending maybe twenty euro a month. Since since the pandemic, I haven't bought a comic book. I don't miss it. It's not something that I miss doing, and that was that's a bad sign. Like, I'd much rather pick up a trade or you know mm. an older book. So I'm like, if I was in the comic industry, either working as a retailer or working in the industry, I'd be terrified because I'm like, yeah, this is the end. And it really does feel like we're, we're getting to that point. Mm. Like, so well, what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think we are at the end of comics or do you guys still read? Com- like, I know we've all read comics, but do you guys actively read them? That's my kind of question. Or do you have any interest in what's going on? Not terribly. Like, it's just I could never really kind of get it. I, I never got in on the ground floor when I was younger. So, like, I never got into it coming in. Like as as I grew up, so like I only really jumped into like the major, like ten pole series, like you know some of the major kind of like Marvel DC stuff, image stuff. Yeah. So yeah. like I never got into the comic scene, uh, but yeah, it definitely felt it's it's been on the deep. Like it feels as if though it's been on the decline for a while, and the market really is in more indie stuff. Yeah. Um, especially cheaper stuff, man. Yeah, comics have also just kind of gotten for the most part too damn expensive <laughs> yeah like you're talking what, nearly five euro for a book what yeah, about you katie what do you think like i used to read comics kind of when i was a kid and that was purely because my brother would get them first read them and then give them to me mm. and then as i got older and i started working and being an artist and not having disposable income it got to the point where it was like okay i can't justify this anymore yeah, as much as thing. i loved it it's like it was I hate saying an unnecessary expenditure. Um, and then I obviously I got into video games and stuff. So I would rather something that I can interact with because that kind of takes my mind away somewhere else, away from work. Yeah. 
So mm. when it comes down to it, it's like video games or comics, it's going to be video games. And that's it. And I think, you know, Bryn, you'd kind of be the same as me where you've read a bunch of books but wouldn't be actively collecting anymore, right? No, but I mean, for me, it's always been a case of like, um, like, I mean, I because I used to, um, I had like my, I had my books that I actively, uh, that I actively bought mm. until the comic book shop I went to in Cork closed down. Yeah. And then it was just like, well, I guess I'm not buying comics anymore. And then, you know, from there, for me, I fell out of the loop of buying. And then once you, once you fall out of that loop of buying, you don't really pick it back up again, unless you're like looking for something very specific. Like, that's it. For, and that's what for happens. Me, that's what for happens. Me, yeah. For me, it was a case of like, you know, um, the last couple, like, I mean, uh, once I, when I got back in, when I, one of the last things I was spent actively spent money on, getting make it getting all the trades for was Transmetropolitan, which mm. is my favorite uh comic series of all time um but because i knew it, I, that's one of those things where i go well this is like whatever however expensive it is it doesn't matter because i'm going to read it over and over again and yeah. i'd rather have i'd rather read that with paper than get digital get digital editions but like now i'm at the point where i would you know, I will look for specific runs, but even then, there's runs out there that I want to read, but they're too expensive. Like, I well, here, well here's just the, the other week. Well, um, sorry, well. Just to finish off my point, like, um, just the other week, I was looking at um, there's an anthology trade for um for the dark multiverse in DC, and I was like, oh, yeah. I have to get that. And then I saw oh, how yeah. much it was, and I was like don't have to read it that badly and put well, it back the, down again. Like, well, that's the thing. Munster Mutt brings up two good points in the chat. Um, the first one, New 52 being cancelled. One of the, um, that was a really good series. It was a really good series, but DC kept doing this thing where they kept rebooting the franchise, mm. the series over and over again. And which, faster yeah, and faster. And too. faster, yeah. And one, it brings in a whole, like, I get it. It, it, it leaves that open-ended point for people to jump in. But that's not how comics work. You can just jump in and read back and that's the fun of it. So that kind, is, of, that kind of isolated it. As well as that, like, stop rebooting the same superheroes. If exactly. you want to do something new, do something new. new. Yeah. yeah, no, repeating repeating the same franchise, all oh, this just made se- the front, like, the scene just kind of seem impenetrable because you're like, where where do I possibly jump into this? Yeah, kind of did the opposite of what they wanted to do. Sorry, Brent. This is the, what the idea of Elseworlds was, though, is that yeah. you could do these random, like, it was speaking for. Um, DC comics like for for uh, Marvel they had what if but like for uh, the whole idea of Elseworlds is that you would be able to do alternate lines and do alternate story alternate ideas for stories hmm. and like because like yeah I mean like there there's always going to be stories especially like I mean some of the most celebrated stuff in comics tends to not tends to be self-contained enough that you don't need a huge continuity you know mm. like just just using batman as example like stuff like the um the long halloween dark dark victory um hush they all link into each other but you could read them all independently and not really have a feel for what came before because you don't need it you don't need to well and, here's but well, here's another thing right uh Sepon, what's it monster much Sepon Sedic makes a lot of his comics free online because he knows not everyone can afford monday comic books mm-hmm. he's the real mvp like here's the thing what you said all those books are correct and really good recommendations Bryn. But the thing about it is, you can go and get those trades, and it's been twenty years yeah. since those books have come out. Yeah. Nothing, with the exception of maybe Scott of Zach, uh, Zach Snyder's books, would kind of equal it. Mm. And even then, 
you know, they've rebooted so much. So it's kind of hard to a bit like if someone asked me what comics should I read, I'd probably mention those ones. I, mm. I wouldn't, re- and maybe Court of Elves and Black Mirror. But other than that, I wouldn't really recommend anything from the past couple of years. Yeah, well, I think that's been like the big challenge as well. So, like, even, I mean, like, I was a diehard Spider Man fan yeah. for years. And it's been one of those things where, because of a lot of the decisions they made with the character in the last 10 years, it just made me go, well, I don't want to read this. Yeah. I'm not even interested in keeping up with it anymore. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, that, and that's what some people have said. They said that a lot of the, the, Agenda pushing, for want of a better word, yeah. with comics, they've like torn off people. And look, as I don't want, I hate using that word, so please forgive me. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who would say, "Oh, I want this, I want this," and they don't buy books. And it's like, well, you're not buying the books, and this is who you're they're aiming towards. Yeah. And you well, violate your the, audience. The, it's the, no one's buying the books. Then. So <laughs> like the the general the general feeling I have towards a lot of like the quote unquote agenda orientated stuff yeah. is. I don't see any demand for it. LIC is across the board discrimination. So all it's doing is annoying everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Like That's because say it too. you know, yeah. it makes it makes people who hate the idea of, you know, like they've got what was it like the some of the new characters they created were like safe space and Oh yeah. But even safe Pizza space roll on its own. And, and but like even sp- safe space on its own, who's that for? Like yeah. legitimately. Who's that for? It, it, if just you're, ca- it just came off like they were being insulting to... Yeah, but it's like they were trying people. to be topical, but yeah. like, you know... Without having any foot in the game. Yeah. <laughs> knowing, but, knowing a goddamn thing about the talking. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, what I say is like, you know, what you guys said about rebooting characters. And that's why in the indies, it's good because you can explore these new stories mm. without going... Yeah. Well, pissing off an entire fan base now here's one for right question though I saw someone on Twitter raise recently why can't they go back to cheap newsprint nobody is demanding premium glossy paper well the argument for that would be well everything is digital but you're still mm. going to not pay that you know what I mean like it's a premium it's a premium product as Katie you said it's not an essential product so when you buy a book you expect a certain thing but that's kind of expensive so I think there's two things going on here there's one there's the cost there's two, what we kind of said last week with the demand away from physical goods going more digital, you know, and also then they need to get their, they need to focus on storytelling rather than trying Ooh. to chase the dragon, you know, and don't get me wrong, like I, I, I will read anything, you know, and I did and I bought comics for consistently about five years as in like spending 30 euro for about five years. Uh, it's why I have literally six long boxes in the other room. Mm. <laughs> I can't get rid of them. I have six long it's, boxes. It's actually funny though that you mention uh, the kind of the newsprint thing because another factor, like working in a bookshop myself, another factor I've noticed that like really has kind of declined comic sales has been the uptick in manga sales. Yes, that's which is thing. Yep. much cheaper. Yeah, and like especially with the rise of like ma- these gargantuan series like Hero Academia and Demon Slayer yeah. recently, like they've yeah. just taken off and become like the new flagships. But see, the thing about that is it's complete. It's a complete opposite to Western comics, right? It's focused on stories. It knows what it is. It doesn't really push agenda. And look again, I don't like to use the word, but agenda, right? Well, no, uh, it can. Like it I, 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 you know, I sell a handful of pretty kind of of diverse comics. And I'm not like, talking. I'm not. Like I'm, not like, I'm not talking about diverse comics. I'm talking about stuff being done solely to pop a rating. Oh yeah, pop yeah, like, interest. You know, I'm not talking about like. You know, uh, a, a series that—that's what it's based yeah. on. Don't get me wrong. There is stuff in there. There is stuff that's selling that is chasing trends. Like 
the isekai transported to another realm thing, man, that has been rampant over mm. the past couple of years in like terms of manga, uh, manga production. So like, well, there's trends being chased, just well, here, different trends. Well, here, well, here's a question actually as well, because you would know working in a, in a bookshop, uh, Monster wants to know, why is manga so much cheaper? She, it's like, black and white, so there's no colouring. It's a much cheaper like paper quality. It's, it's, it's not glossy. It's, it's like newsprint. And right. it tends to be just kind of smaller volume size. Like it's the small, it's about A5, it's size of smaller, uh, like a small kind of novel. It's mm. literally just cheaper all around the mm. board and kind of more regular. Like, uh, but you see, the, the thing that I find weird about that is, is that like, it's not like these kind of books didn't exist in Western comics. Like a history of violence yeah. is written in the exact same way as that. Yeah. So why is there not more history of violence has been written and being like produced outside of like, I mean, like history of violence was written, was done on vertigo, which I mean, how long ago did vertigo die? Like, Sure, even uh, even V for Vendetta as well, the same thing. You know, but it's, I mean, like, this is one of those areas where I just find it very weird because, like, it's not like, you know, I mean, like, it's not like there aren't, there isn't a demand for, you know, one shot stories. And And Mouse, actually, Mouse as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Mouse is great as well. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. I think it's on the leaving cert now. Is it? I think it's on, I think it's like a, it's available for selection in the comparative text. You see, Which, I, th- I, th- I think what happened there, Brent, to pick up your point, we went through the 90s and remember the 90s guys where they had the glossy print and the variants and all that kind of stuff. So people kind of got used to it. It's just this unsustainable chasing the ghost kind yeah. of thing, you know. But look, actually, Katie, you said something last week and I want I wanted to see if it kind of checks in this, right? So you said that you wouldn't, you like digital like products as such, you know, compared to VHS players. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this specific topic, if I was to hand you a comic or something digitally that you could read on a tablet, what would you prefer? So that for me, that's kind of a trick question now because if I'm gonna read something, I much prefer the the feel of a book. But right. when I'm done with it, I don't want to keep it. Okay. So libraries what suit, would suit you better? Libraries would suit me, yeah, yeah, because like I don't have a lot of storage space, but I still do enjoy the feel of a book. Yeah. See that that's kind of the problem now that I think they haven't overcome, and this is this is why it's probably failing as well. Like it's it's a product that once you're finished with it, like an actual comic, you bag and board it, and then it lives in a long box. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what happens. Like, outside, so it's like of, it's kind of hard to get rid of, you know. Outside of like a handful of books, yeah, like. I mean, I've read uh, out of what I've outside of the the numerous trades and stuff that I have. I've reread trades are slightly different, but like I mean, even taking a trade as an example, where it's like six a six issue thing. Like I've reread History of Violence, I've reread Transmetropolitan, I've reread V for Vendetta and Watchmen, Mm. and um, the Batman series, Batman books mentioned previously. I've reread them, but. After after them, that list of what I've reread gets very very thin very very quickly, because the amount of books where it's like, where it's anything more than just oh that was enjoyable is <laughs> like the amount of books that are just like oh yeah I enjoyed that and that's all I have to say on them. See, is there's no vast. There's no genre defining comics, with the exception of some Batman books. But again, it's a Batman book. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, even but here's one like, here. Most- I'm not even looking for something to be genre defining. Like I love Maximum Carnage mm. uh, from the mid '90s, but Maximum Carnage is not a story that defines 
Spider-Man in any significant way. It's not even really significant or emblematic of its time period. But I enjoy the story, even mm. though the ending to it well, is trite. Like, yeah. if, but, the Clone Saga to, is terrible. Would it be fair to say the comics uh, industry is probably also, or had also started going through a superhero fatigue as well? I would say so. Like, I'd say, I would like, say so, yeah. I don't know exactly when it'll come out, but like you were talking about the fact there hasn't been any flagship uh, yeah. superhero series coming out. Like the biggest series I can think of from the past 10 years would be Saga. Mm. No. So like it's it seems yeah. like kind of the that the comics industry now, or at least you know the kind of the, the demand for it was moving away from superheroes and something to itself kind of more off kilter, which also like, shows why Image kind of started yeah. becoming such the but massive company. If you, it is. If you mm. look at the big if the big hits in terms of series in the last 10, 15, 20 years, East of West Saga, Why Last Man, like yeah. uh, just to name like uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah. All of that. All of them are. I'm pretty sure all of them are image, and like I mean that that kind of just shows that like there is the demand is get, gaining more and more towards what you're saying, where it is going away from being uh, superheroes, which is so weird when superheroes have never been more mainstream than they. Well, have, here here's one for you. you here's know? one for you. What, what do you think about this comment? I would argue that nowadays a comic book is also merch. In a time when everything is digital, it's nice to have a physical phys- physical object linking you to the franchise or fandom that you like what i would say to that before you jump in comic books and even the comic cons which is what we probably would have been at this weekend uh just gone Mm. the smallest section are comics you go to a comic con and there's a there's like two long boxes and that's it yeah you know if i want to go to a quiet place in a comic book i'll go over to the comic sellers yeah. i'll be like hey guys how's it going you know it's like yeah it seems like, like it's superheroes and comics are now the lowest thing even in a time when they've never been popular and this is what they've said with marvel marvel apparently is going to go this way too where the properties and ips are going to be huge but the comics i think we're seeing them i think we're getting to the end of this guys yeah I think well I, I don't think we're getting to the end of the medium by any no, but as it is as it exists today as this massive thing uh yeah i mean that that's uh, that i still think that remains to be seen i think the right. idea of them being sold in specific brick and mortar shops that's gone that's done that's finished okay. but well, like you see like again there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of different um there's a bunch of different materials that there still is a demand, even if it is a small demand, there is a demand for physical material in it being yeah. sold. The, uh, and the best way to see what hap- what happens when that physical material loses its demand is look at what, what GameStop are doing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, even like, look, even specifically towards comics, like look at what Freedom Planet are kind of doing. Yep. Yeah. Look they, at, like, Planet. Look at yeah, Tower exactly. Records, for yeah. God's sake. Like, exactly. you know, Katie, like you it's, want- it's half a merchandise store yeah. Yeah. in front of the stuff they actually used to sell. Sorry, yeah. Katie, go ahead. Yeah, go on, Katie. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think part of the problem is because like you were saying, superheroes have never been more popular than they are now. And I think that's part of the problem because you've got movies, you've got TV shows, you've got video games. And a lot of, like myself personally, a lot of people don't have the time to sit and read. And they're like, well, why would I read a book when I can see it? It's right there in front of me. Yeah, but it's yeah, also I, that's a really that's good point, though, because we're we're also at a point now where, like, I mean, we're also part of a generation that considers a TV show of Batman to be the definitive Batman. 
you know, we're the same generation feels the same way about a specific Spider-Man show. Yeah. Like when, when you get to a point where you're not looking at the medium it originated from as being the definitive version of it, that's like, that's a sign that things are, that there is a disconnect between what the fan base, how the fan base feels about the pro the feels about it. Um, like, I mean, again, look at Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles started as comics, but how many people, if you mentioned the Ninja Turtles, think of comics? Yeah. You know? I, I think yeah. I, I think that's a very good point as well. And it's something that we do kind of forget. And it's something, like, I think this is a perfect storm of things. Mm. You know, I, it's not just one specific thing. It's like a, an array of things. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it, we kind of hit all of them. I think all of us are right, but it's something that like it's been coming for a long time. And while the diehards is just, like clutching to your comic, going, "This is my comic," you know, "This is what I love." But in the in this the is reality, my comic. There are many like it, like but it, this but one this is, is mine. mine. But you know, <laughs> and then you're kind of sitting there going, "But wait, most people would rather." play a video game and even the kids like you know i have younger cousins and they love comics one of them's going into graphics going into actually designing comics and stuff like that and that's great but how many you know how much work is he going to get right mm. um uh, is there going to be an industry here probably not going to game design which makes more sense you know this kind of stuff We're, we are the last generation to kind of remember a world before the internet but then be erased in the internet and this mm. is kind of like the last gasp I think of this Katie go ahead sorry yeah no I was just on that point I was just gonna say like when you have somebody like say Rocksteady mm. uh, announce a new Batman game yeah. and everybody goes nuts how many of those people would do the same if they were to announce a Batman comic very few and, and look and the mm. sales show that you know like as much as I love going into a comic book shop to be fair you go in and it's mostly a toy shop now at this point but yeah. I, I like going to and again Comic Con is like case in point you walk into Comic Con you know, back in the, the before time. And, um, you know, how before much... Before the it, event. Uh, before the event, exactly. Um, <laughs> Remaining how, uh, how much of it would be comics? Not that much. How many people in there would have read a comic? Very few. Or it mm. would be one of five. Um, it's just it's just a weird thing. You know, it's it's. I think we've, we've all known it. We've all, like, been aware of it and we've seen it in other medium. But now... In other media. But now it's like, oh... Right, we're See, going. Th- we're going to a recession, and cuts need to I be made. Think it's definitely just going to be a very major shift in the culture of the industry, and I think it's de- it's going to go the way of like you know you're going to have the juggernauts of like Marvel, DC. They're going to just collapse or have or adapt and change, but it's going to fu- it's going to switch uh, switch now to a much more uh, independent, creator focused industry. Well, what they're also That's saying as well, especially with the cu- customer focused, Kev, customer focused hmm. as far as like getting rid of the middleman. So what part of this plan is the guy who's actually doing this, he's a hatchet man. And uh, his whole thing is we're going to cut. So we're going to take away the middleman. We're going to take away the income printer. We're just going to give it directly to the consumer. So you'll be going onto Amazon and buying your comics directly. Mm. Rather than going to a brick and mortar, so that's kind of the big. Yeah. So I I see a lot of like independent comic creators. I I, like I see it now. Like a lot of comic creators that follow on Twitter are just doing it just through Patreon. Kind of, yep, yeah. like that's, so it's, it's much more creator focused as opposed to it, like brand focused. Yeah. You follow a comic creator because you think that they're cool instead of 
following a series. I think it's kind of like what happened with the the uh, record industry, I suppose, you know, where you'd get signed to a six record deal and then you'd be a millionaire or whatever. And now it's like, oh, great, you got a tour or sell merch or you're done. You know, yeah, and that's basically. kind of what it is. You know, like d- digital, digital stuff is great, but it eventually comes and collects heads. And particularly yeah. when the chips are down, but this you know. Is, again, it's disruptive technology. It's not, you know, it, yeah. this is what it does. Exactly. It just took like, it just took a bit longer than, it just took a bit longer to disrupt yeah. um, comics specifically. But again, I mean, one of the things that was interesting was that like when you first, when we first heard about Marvel and DC pulling away from, um, mortar shops we also heard about dark horse and um uh, dark horse and image and uh, there was another publisher as well that stepped up and said no no we're staying with them. and you know well like, remember remember who owns Mar- dc and marvel yep you know they're they're not they're not marvel and dc anymore they're disney owned or warner brothers owned they're these big massive corporations I mean, warner brothers is on dc forever yeah, you know, but that's so. what I mean. Like, it's, you know, when the chips are down and they're not selling, well, you know, it is Adapt what it is. Adapt or die. Exactly. All right, guys, listen, we have 10 minutes. We have 15 minutes. So yeah. we can either uh, BS for a while or we can start S- Simpsons season eight and see how we go. What do you guys want to do? I don't think 10 minutes is enough to give to a service just how much I, I love Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio, yeah. I think we should save Hank Scorpio. I think as well, though, I don't think we have enough time to really talk about the Halloween episode either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Look, look, season eight is so good that I, I didn't want to rush it. Yeah. I, I'm shocked that we, like, for a show that we didn't have any any real plan for, we kind of talked about it. <laughs> which we, do, we do the waffle quite well. <laughs> we do. We do the waffle quite well. So, look, next week yeah. we will do a, a, a laser-focused season eight series. Oh, Muslim votes for the BS. So, there we yeah. go. So, that's what's going to be. Well, like there, there is some sweet hot BS on this show, class. <laughs> Yeah. What's this? Uh, what's this Zoom horror movie, Dara? Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. Wow, thank you for reminding me. All right, you're so not look, looking at the show plan. I'm not. I got distracted. I got distracted. <laughs> you wrote so, it. I know. <laughs> so look, next week we'll do a laser focused uh, season eight Simpsons review, where you know, hopefully we'll have Keen in. Um, okay, so look, so over. So look, I love Shudder, right? Shudder is brilliant, right? It's it's fantastic. Please give me a free count for Shudder. Um, we're <laughs> sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> you can watch Shudder on the Brave browser. On the Brave browser, exactly. Uh, okay, so I was like, what's this? This is wild, right? And I, I heard rumors that they had made their own movies because Shudder is like Netflix now. They're making their own content. And um, yeah, sure enough, there is a, fo- a 50 minute horror movie shot completely on Zoom made by Shudder. It's based in England, right? It's called Host. So if you're looking for it, you know, if you don't have Shudder and you want to theoretically for educational purposes sell the high seas, type in Host 2020 and it will pop up. Um, of course, you know, this is theoretically and for educational purposes. Um, yeah, and I was didn't know what to expect. And literally, it's a Zoom call where four girls do a seance with their mate in uh, he's in England. And okay, so straight off the bat, important question: Is it as good as Unfriended or Unfriended Two? Because I genuinely love those movies. I love those movies too. It's actually kind of better. Unfriended um, is awful. Oh no, Unfriended's <laughs> great. Come on, 
Uh, oh no, the Facebook oh. ghost. Oh yeah, or a friend of two with the the hacking ghosts. I lo- I loved it. it was great. Um, Darknet, Darknet. What's Darknet? Oh, it's so cringy. But yeah, like it's actually better because it's it's way more focused, right? It's more believable. Like it, it does. It is a ghost story, possession kind of thing. But the way they do it is actually way more kind of grounded. It's less. It's less BSy, right? It's more kind of like, hey, look, action A leads to action B, which leads to C, which culminates in D, and everyone dies, right? It's, spoiler uh, alert. Well, no, that's not a spoiler, but that's what I mean. Like, it's not everyone dies, but it is. Um, it's very good. And what I'm shocked about it is they shot it all during quarantine, right? So in England, they literally shot this entire movie over Zoom, and they frame it within the 40 minute free Zoom window, which is oh, super brilliant. fun. It's brilliant. It's really good. And basically, the whole premise is that they're doing a seance to hang out, but they haven't seen each other. But the the actual um, the seance woman has bad internet, so she has to leave. But the, her friend gets bored, and she makes up a spirit. And then the spirit joins. And because it's not actually a real person, the, the seance lady's like, oh, you've invited in a, a fake entity who's using that, spa- that fake thing as a, as a way in. And it's just really good. Like the the way it's shot is super interesting. It's more interesting than a friended, but kind of feels like it. But the fact that you literally do like you're watching this stream now, everything is going on in the background. It never leaves, it never moves, it never changes, but it's so dynamic around it. It's very, very clever. It's really I would say it's it's if you haven't seen it, definitely go out of your way to watch it. Even if you're not a horror fan, um, it's definitely commendable. And it's you know, the fact that Shutter went out and did something like this. It's very cool, and it's it's very you know, one it's clever, and two it also kind of ties onto the whole fact that like Zoom became the biggest meme of quarantine, mm. and he went off and worked into horror movie. It's great. Does one of the characters in it have a Simpsons background? No. Here's the <laughs> thing, though. One of the characters uses a video background, right? And basically, she's like, "Look, I clone myself," and then that comes into play later on. It's it's very very good. It's very That's awesome. Good. It's very nothing good. will ever beat calm, in my opinion. Calm is great. Now, now I was going through, uh, I was going through Amazon Prime to see the trash fires that was there, and then you said, "Have you seen Calm?" I'm like, "No," and it's on Netflix. Tell the listeners what Calm is like because this is brilliant. So Cam, Cam is basically about this Cam girl, um, and she's trying to get up the ranks of being like the best girl who makes the most money, but. For some reason or another, when she gets to a certain level of popularity, her account becomes hacked by some kind of spirit that pretends to be her and mm. it locks her out. Yeah. And it's just freaky. I thought it was weird. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And I, look, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch Cam. It's on Netflix. What, like, because mm. Katie, when he said it to me, I was like, um, Okay, this is good. But then when it started changing, it got really, really good. Most of them, I don't, I don't think I completely understood Cam Parts, but went completely over my head, but it was excellent. I kind of felt the same way. I didn't really get it. I thought they were going for a supernatural thing or was your man hacking, but it turns out this spirit just chooses popular Cam girls to kind of absorb. I think that's the story, right? Maybe it just needs attention. Yeah. It, yeah, like I, I definitely, like I don't think, I didn't think it was bad. I think I went in expecting a kind of trashy movie. And then just was surprised by just how decent and just weird it was. Again, didn't expect, but how classy it is too. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, for, it's really classy. It is. Yeah, respect, yeah, you know, it actually respects the cam girl profession as a way. Yeah, it's like now to be fair, there's bits of it, and we can't really mention it because we're on in the middle of the day in Dublin. 
but um, there's one scene in particular where you're like, man, that's pretty graphic. <laughs> like, it's, it's really graphic, you know. Uh, I, mm. I like the cinematography, cinematography. It added near vibe. It was a very eerie film. It did have that really unique cinematography. And if you haven't seen it, it's definitely, it's only, it's only like an hour and a half. I definitely say check that out. Give uh, Zoom, uh, what's it? Host. That's what it's called. It's called Host. Um, give that a go. I, guys, you'll love it. If you're a fan of this show, you'll definitely like it. It gets my um, top recommendation. Uh, but Cam, if you have Netflix, is definitely one to check out. It's a super good movie that, honestly, you won't be expecting to be as good as it is. Uh, because that's going to do it. We've managed to fill a show of entire BS. Yeah. But we've planned it's, it's it. It's amazing what we can do when we don't follow a show plan. We did follow the show plan. Almost to the letter. We just, you yeah. know, didn't do the same. Accidentally followed a show plan. Where's Keen? Once more, thank you for streaming, guys. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and night. Thank you very much, Once more, for chiming in. We always appreciate it. All right. So, Bryn, when is your show coming out? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a new running gag. It's exactly. I've, got a, I've got a show that won't that won't exist. Um, <laughs> The it's pro- called Chinese the- Democracy, yeah, and it's it, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it like it's like George or it's like uh, George or Martin's dragons in in Game of Thrones. It's, it's coming. It's winter. Winter. It's, it's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. He's right. <laughs> uh, okay, Katie. What, what about you? What have you got coming up for us this week? Um, yeah, doing it for the exposure is still going. We had two episodes last week. Another one this week is coming tomorrow or time traveling two days ago. Um, and we are still, we have about a month's worth of artists left. We're still looking for people for the September into winter lineup. So if you know any artists, tell them to email us at nerdsknowmedia.com with the heading exposure podcast, because otherwise I won't see them. <laughs> awesome. And Kev? Uh, I'm a crash course. This month's episode is in production. Uh, we will be talking about the sci-fi time travel escapade of Steins Gate. I finished my rewatch today and my notes are incomprehensible so i gotta fix them i gotta sort them out time probably gets weird you guys and i'm gonna promise to be there you're totally gonna be there we're, we're, gonna, sure. we're, we're gonna see if that actually Definitely. happens yeah hopefully. Dara, dara's hopefully. gonna be there bridge show's gonna be there the whole show <laughs> no, no. everyone's gonna be I there i won't be <laughs> there but my show will be there <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah now that that's same as always first monday of the next of uh what month is now first september. monday of september awesome uh, so a couple of weeks off looking forward to that it's gonna be always I really enjoy listening to it and I always regret not being there but I always forget when it's on because you know I don't even know what day it is so it's on the calendar like, I know I schedule out at the start of every month I know but I always forget <laughs> Dad I always, doesn't sleep that's yeah. true I don't um, and it's just like oh okay this this is today but um, guys look I want to thank you so much for joining us this week we will be back of course every single Wednesday we stream at 9pm here on the YouTube channel Nerds No Media also on Periscope if you're on Twitter and also on Twitch so guys if you're watching this please subscribe like the bell all that good stuff it really means a lot it helps out the channel a lot and we'll be back next week here on Nerds No Media we have a show pretty much going up every single day of the week. So uh, you leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. And we'll be back next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM to review The Simpsons, we promise this time. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. 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 Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 